Century Geek Outdoors. Evening one and all, and welcome back to episode 43 of the Archery Geek Outdoors podcast. How are we all doing out there? It's been a hot minute since I've last recorded one, simply because I hadn't got a lot to say, but I've actually had some shit going on, so thought it's about time I sat down and recorded another one. This one I am doing, apart from one little quote I've written down that I'm going to get to at the end of the episode, I am doing without any notes, any bullet points, any shit like that. So this could get messier than Liberty, the Liberty shoot on the Saturday night. <laughs> anyway, where to start? Right, first things first. Massive congratulations to Rob over at Off the Arrow Shelf. He's just put up his 50th full episode. I'm saying full episode because Rob's also done a few micro, what he calls microcasts as well. And for his 50th, he did an hour-long recording with good old Grizzly Jim. Really, really entertaining listening. So go over and give that one a listen, folks. Doing this unscripted. Both Angel and David, one of my listeners from Scotland, said they really enjoyed this unscripted waffle that I do. It just seems to suit me. So, I'm trying this one the same. And I've actually got to say a massive congratulations to David. He actually got selected for the Scottish archery team in Compound Men. So, David, I hope things go phenomenally well for you. We'd actually had a, a conversation about arrow clocking and he sent me a, a link to a couple of George Riles, the, George Riles the Fourth's videos. Everybody knows him as Griff. If I remember, I'll drop the links to those down in the show notes. Uh, what else have I got on? Right. Massive shout out to Carl Aldred down at the archery shop in Dorset. Dorset? I think he's in Dorset. Anyway, folks in the UK will know the archery shop anyway. I was fletching up those Skyline Emprosses and ran out of the bony X3 veins. Jumped on the phone to Ryan over at the archer's nest, said, have you got any in? If you haven't, how fast can you get them? I and this was... About 10 days before I was due to get to Liberty, so I'm thinking, ah, shit, I've got four arrows that are unfleshed and no more veins. Ryan hadn't got any in, and fair play to him, he said, Rich, I can't guarantee getting them quick enough for you to get to Liberty. I said, well, order me a pack of 100 anyway, because I'll, I'll need more anyway. But I had a quick jump on the internet, and the archery shop were actually showing some in stock. I phoned up, and it was Carl that owns the archery shop that answered. I think it was just gone half five when I when I phoned. Didn't think uh, I'd be able to, I'd be able to get through to him. But Carl picked up and said, "Oh yeah, I've picked up because I'm working from home." All I wanted to do was just check they'd actually got the X3s in stock. They were showing they had, but you, you know what it's like with with online ordering. Occasionally mistakes are made because people are human. Anyway, so he, he said, let me just check the stock. He said, yep, we've got the X3, the 2.25 X3 in stock. Got them in the neon green. He said, I've only got 30 veins in stock. 
and they sell them in packs of 25. So I said, right, that's fantastic. Jumped online, ordered them. They turned up, was it the following Monday? Yeah, they turned up on the Monday because I think it was the Thursday night I'd ordered them. So they shipped them Friday, turned up on the Monday. They were there when I got home. And when I opened them up, they were standard X veins, not X3 veins. I mean, this was 6 o'clock. I'd got, I'd got home. And I thought, right, I'm going to try, try this just in case Carl's uh, working, working from home again. Phoned them up. This is 6 o'clock of the evening after the shop's closed. Carl answered the phone. He was still working from home. Explained what had happened. He was so apologetic. And as I said, look, at the end of the day, we're, we're all human. Shit happens, you know. And he said, right, let me sort this out. He said, I'll ship them tomorrow. Guaranteed next day delivery. So you'll have them Wednesday. I was going down to Liberty on the Thursday. So you know what? I was happy with that. And sure enough, Wednesday they turned up. I hadn't got time Wednesday night to fletch my arrow. So I thought, right, when I go down to Liberty... I'll take them with me. I'll take everything I need to fletch the last four arrows. And me being the dickhead that I am, I forgot to put the fletching jig in the car. But more how I got out of that shortly. I have a poorly Kuma. Yes, the curse of the Kuma strikes again. I'd noticed what looked like some splinters lifting on the limbs. But anybody that's seen any photos of it... The limbs are coated in the same finish as the riser, so I just thought it were because the limbs flex, it was this finish lifting. Anyway, it turns out it wasn't. It was splinters. We picked that up at the Bowhunters meet the, the weekend after Liberty. So took some photos, phoned Merlin on the Monday. Sorry, timeline's all out of sync here because we've got Liberty and the Bowhunters. Previous to this, I'll be talking about shortly. Now, say, phoned, phoned Merlin on the Monday, asked to speak to Dan Halford. Of course, I love dealing with Dan. The guy is so, so good. He said, yep, we've got a really good relationship with Bear, and at the moment, we seem to be getting things quite quickly. Oh, hang on, here we go. Yep, all out of fucking kilter here. I'd actually messaged Jeremy at the Archery Shack about it because I know how, guy, how good those guys are, and I will rave about Jeremy at the Archery Shack all day long, because their service is freaking phenomenal. Anyway, he said, send me some photos, and I'll speak to the bear rep. So I sent him some photos. Following day, he messaged me back, says, unfortunately, the bear rep said, because the bow's in the UK, you're going to have to deal with a bear dealer in the UK. So I, was, I had asked him if they could just put the warranty claim in for me, get bear to ship them direct to me, and I'd have got Ryan to fit them. So, like I say, I, I phoned Dan at Merlin on, I think it was the Monday, told, told him what had happened, and he said, yep, yeah, right. He gave me the email address for customer service and just said, ping them through the photos with an email, tell them what's happened, and they'll get on it. So I did that on, I think it was a Tuesday, and got the usual, we've received your email, your ticket number is blah, blah, blah. Two, three days later, I thought, right, I'll just follow it up, see if they've been in contact with Bear again, uh, to see if Bear have said, yep, we've got limbs, no, we haven't got limbs, uh, yes, we'll cover it under warranty, whatever. 
So this was, was it last Thursday or Friday? I sent the follow-up email and I got another one back. We have received your email. Your ticket number is blah, blah, blah. We are now on the following Tuesday and I've still not had any contact from them apart from these automated emails saying, we've received your team email, this is your ticket number. All I want is somebody to say, yes, we've been in touch with Bear. No, we haven't been in touch. We will be in touch with them on this date. What the fuck is wrong with customer service in this country at times? I get, if ever I deal with anybody in the States, like I say, I deal with the guys at the Archery Shack, Nick at Unbound Archery. Their service and their response is interstellar it is fucking amazing you send them a message and in no time they've replied even if it's only to say right we're away from the shop or we're on vacation as soon as we get back we'll be on this that's all you want some form of acknowledgement other other than an automated bloody bot email so i'm going to be phoning merlin again in the morning to find out what the fuck's going on have they been in contact with Bear? Have Bear actually got back to them? Like I say, I don't want automated emails back. I would like a reply from a human being. That's all I'm asking, just to say, yes, we've been in touch with them. No, we haven't been in touch with them. Yes, they'll cover it under warranty. No, they won't. Or this is how long it's, it's going to take. I mean, they're, they're only small splinters that have lifted, and what I had got, I've seen a few folks online do is they've actually super glued the splinters back down. I don't know whether to risk it or not. I mean, I'm, they are very small splinters. They're not getting any worse. I'm keeping an eye on them as I'm shooting. Maybe I shouldn't be shooting. I don't know. But I can't resist shooting my bloody bow. Like I say, it just really pisses me off when one of the biggest companies in the UK... All they can do is send you a, a bot email rather than a human being actually let you know what's going on. So I shall, I shall give them a phone call tomorrow and I shall let you good people know what's going on. Right, like I say, I said we got Liberty coming up. It was the weekend, the 15th and 16th of July. And the Saturday before down at Paget, the, the excitement was palpable. It really was. Having missed it for two years, folks were so looking forward to getting down there. I mean, this is, this is like an annual club jolly for Paget. This is uh, what day was it? Ollie messaged me a couple of days before. Ollie messaged me and said, "Any chance I can catch a lift down with you, Rich? The guy who was supposed to be travelling down with had forgotten to renew his end fast." Uh, so I said, "Yeah, of course you can, Ollie. You're more than welcome to travel down with me, mate." I did tell him, you know, like, I like to be down there early. And every year I'll say I'll be on the road for six o'clock and invariably it's half six, quarter to seven. So I've had 2018 and 2019, there were, I think it was at one point a 21-mile stretch of roadworks down the A14 and A11. That took me forever to get through. So I was determined to be out earlier. So I said to Ollie, yep, you're okay with me picking you up between half five and six in the morning and we can get down there early and have the full day down there. He said, yeah, of course I am, Rich. So I, I 
travelled a lot lighter this year because I've only got my little 107, which is, it's like a roller skate. I could have one for each foot, one for each foot, couldn't I? So I just, because my youngest daughter wasn't coming with me this year, I decided to take the pop-up tent rather than the big six-man, three-bedroom inflatable tent. I knew I'd miss having the extra headroom in the big tent because down at Liberty, facilities are really basic, but it's love. It's a lovely experience. You know, they've got a couple of toilet blocks, and I say toilet blocks, two wooden toilets in the camping field and two wooden toilets uh, up, up by the party and admin area no showers or anything like that and in the big tent i could strip off and have a grolly wash in there you know with a little tent it'd be a case of a shit ton of wet wipes and sit on the edge sit on the edge of my camp bed and have a wash with wet wipes there's an unpleasant thought isn't it hey folks as i got you got that thought into your head now so i, I took the smaller tent didn't take me big didn't take my folding table with me I only took one of my tote boxes, rammed everything I needed into there. Realised I couldn't find my freaking camp kettle, which was a pain in the arse, but there were enough down there to use anyway. And just took the one camp stove. I put all my clothes into that Legend 44 bow case I've got that I bought for going abroad with my bow. It's fantastic. Arrows in the arrow tube. I'd got fletching boxes. Both my fletching boxes on the top. Like I say, twat that I am, I forgot the fletching jig. So that was, you know, that was sat on the dining table at home, being about as much use as tits on a fish. But got my binos in there, arrows in the arrow tube. I bought a new 32-inch Avalon Tech-X stabiliser for the Kuma after I tried Mark B's. That was fantastic. And when I got down there, I decided I was going to use a pocket quiver. Use a pocket quiver, have my bino harness on the front and my, my backpack on the back with a couple of litres of water in it because the weekend was the weekend here in the UK. We were forecast to break temperature records. I know for you folks, not in the UK, High 30s, low 40s, and nothing exceptional in the UK. That it was a record, certainly over for the 150 years I've been keeping data. You know, what it was, what we'd seen before then, I'll never know. But they'd forecast for the Monday tipping 40 degrees centigrade. Quick conversion of double it in add 30. That's about one, somewhere around the 110 Fahrenheit. They, like I say, they'd forecast a, re a, a really nice, really good weekend. Bow case. I mean, I'd, I'd take no trousers, just shorts with me down there. Uh, I'd take my walking sandals. I'd thrown a pair of boots in just in case. But I managed to fit nearly everything in there. My tote box. I wasn't taking a lot of food because down there, traditionally on the Thursday night, we'll order from the fish and chip shop. We go to the moon, uh, the Half Moon in Mildenhall for food. Friday mornings, we'd very often gone down to the cafe in Brandon for food. Then uh, Liberty themselves will provide, they'll cook a lunch, 
breakfast and lunch on Saturday. They put the most magnificent steaks on. These things are like half a dead cow on your plate on the Saturday night. And again, Sunday, they'll provide breakfast and lunch. So in, in the past, when I've taken loads of food down with me, I've brought it all back with me. So I took the bare minimum food with me. I, I traditionally stop at McDonald's in Mildon Hall on the on the way down there. Mildon Hall's only well, three, four miles short of Lake and Heath where Liberty's held. And I'll grab a Mackey's down there. Anyway, here we go. I'm waffling off again, aren't I? So I've got everything ready on the Thursday. Up and pack the car Friday morning, doing my best Tetris to make sure we could get Ollie's gear in there. So in this little 107, Ollie was taking two long bows with him, which I thought that's going to be entertaining, fitting them in there. I managed to get to Ollie's in just under 15 minutes, which was amazing. But that's the joy. I, I left home at just gone half past five and was at Ollie's for quarter to six. So we'd loaded Ollie's stuff in there and headed down and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous drive down. We we were ju- I, I got the good old Trace Atkins playlist on Spotify uh, on my phone playing through the car stereo. So poor old Ollie was bombarded with my redneck shit and we just waffled and waffled on the way down there. It was an awesome, awesome drive. Like I say, I, I normally take it really steady on the way down there. And with traffic I hit, like the last two years, it you know, 2018 and 2019, I bet it took me, what, three, three and a quarter hours. So we left Ollie's uh, just after quarter to six, and we pulled up at McDonald's in Mildon Hall at eight o'clock, and I've got to give a shout out to the staff at Mackey's in Mildon Hall. Even at eight o'clock in the morning, that place was busy, and we expected to be waiting ages for food. But I can't remember the name of the lady that was managing. Course we asked, we asked one. Course that place they were serving so fast. Every four or five seconds, there's an order coming and boshing through. And both Ollie and myself were so incredibly impressed with it. And we, we sat outside to eat. And I'll tell you what, despite the sun shining, that wind was wicked, wicked cold. I mean, it's middle of July. I say sun shining. When the wind wasn't blowing, it was really pleasant. Being sat there eating Mackey's. When the wind blew, it cut. Ollie and myself were both sat dithering. I mean, we were both in shorts and T-shirts, and we were stu- sat there shaking like we got freaking Parkinson's. Like I say, we ate breakfast there, whizzed down to uh, Liberty, and gate was locked. Now, Jamie had said he'd, he'd messaged Ruth, although Ruth wasn't going to be at the shooting. Ruth, if you're listening to this, you were so sorely missed by everybody. You know, everybody so looks forward to seeing you every year. But Jamie said he'd message Ruth to let her know there'd be some of us down there early. Of course, one of the guys from Paget was staying in Dis and thought he'd be there really early. So we we hung around half an hour. We just stood there enjoying the sun and Rabbit and Ollie and myself did. 
Then I messaged Ruth and said, any idea what time they're opening up? And she said, well, I know Lee's coming down, so the, the guys will probably be there about lunchtime. Why, what time are you planning on getting there? I said, oh, shit, we're there now. She said, give me two minutes. Messaged me back, said, I've spoken to Randy. Here's a gate code. Let yourself in. Just lock the gate behind you. We know you guys will treat the place like your own. And we are so appreciative for Ruth and to Ruth and Randy for that. You know, it, it, it really touched us that they, they said that. So we got in, got the tent set up and sat back to enjoy the day. And it was it was a lovely, lovely day. Uh, I say we got camp set up, then John turned up. I can't I think it was later on. The car turned up, but it was just a really nice day, sat relaxing. And the one thing I look that really, really excites me about Liberty is being right next to RAF Lake and Heath, you get to see the jets taking off or landing if they're flying. And we got to see uh, an F-15 flying in tandem with one of those new F-35s. And yeah, not going to lie, folks, that really did make me moist. It was fucking awesome. I say, so we just chilled out on the Thursday. It was really, really pleasant. Thursday evening, we went to shoot the practice bosses. Carl was trying to get get his grip right on his sting, of course. Poor old Carl, he'd always been a devoted longbow shooter, but after he managed to dislocate one of his fingers and after so many years of being a martial arts practitioner, you know, punching all kinds of unpleasant things, he's got really bad arthritis in his hands and he just can't draw on the fingers anymore. He went to shoot the World One Shooting Championships up in Northumberland, came back, and for a fortnight, his hand was like a balloon. So he's had to retire the longbows, and he's actually gone. Compound Unlimited bought himself a Stinger X, but he was having trouble with his left and rights. So on the Thursday night, we went up to the practice bosses down at Liberty, and I'd walk three parts of an hour, an hour shooting on there. Re- just nice, relaxing time. I ended up doing the run down to the chippy, and I'll tell you what, the chippy in Brandon, fuck me, I thought it was expensive, and it seems a small portion of fish and chips, you know, £9.15 per person. We get spoiled here in the Midlands, it's generally a lot cheaper, but fucking hell. The fish... Even Carl said it, best fish we have ever, ever had. And despite it looking like a small portion of chips, we were all freaking stuffed afterwards. Uh, Friday, there's traditionally, Carl Carl loves Great Yarmouth. It's his favourite place on the planet. He always goes to Yarmouth, and traditionally a few go with him. I think it's 2019, I went with him. But I'd arranged to go and see Alex down at Hybrid Archery on the Friday. I don't get to see Alex very often because we're so far apart. It's normally only Bowhunters meets. So as he was only 28 miles from Liberty, I'd messaged him and said, okay, to pop down and see you on the Friday. He said, yeah, yeah, of course. Did his mate come and see me? So on the Friday, I went down to see Alex and had an absolute blast with him. I think I got to him about 11 o'clock. And 
time flew so quick. I thought I'd been there maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Looked at the clock on my phone and it was gone four o'clock. I'd been there about five hours. Alex was so welcoming as always. I'd got my arrows with me, so he let me fletch up the other four using his bits. And me being me, I managed to fuck them up. I got one where I'd got one vein vertical and the other two at 90 degrees to it. <laughs> I think all I'd done, I'd pressed too hard on the shaft when I was holding the clamp on and actually twisted the clamp or moved the shaft up behind it so it pushed the, the vein too far down. But I can't thank Alex enough for that. And got to shoot his 3D course as well. It's only a small 3D course, but by God, is it nice. And he's, that's how it's, what was it? It's only about nine targets. Of course, he's limited on space. But he really has made the most of the land he's got available. I mean, at the right-hand side of the land he's got, where hybrid is, he's got bosses out to 60 yards to practice on. Superb, like I say, I mean, a Paget, uh, our standard on the practice field is 40 yards, so it's nice to get that extra distance. And I also wanted to check my sight tape because I'd gone from 420 to 450 grain arrow weight. I was expecting a big drop-off. Uh, there wasn't. I was amazed. Obviously, going from the little skinny arrows to the fat ones, when, when we had a quick look at the archer's nest, we just lifted the... <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me about that. We just lifted the rest up and just eyeballed it. When I was down at Alex's, decided, right, let's get the 20 set, get the 60 set, see how they, they are in relation to the marks at the existing sight tape. Hitting slightly low, of course, using the fatter shaft, we'd lowered the rest a bit. As it was, I ended up putting the rest halfway between where it was for the instex and the initial position we put it into for the Empros and got it just just nice. They were shooting Bob on. Uh, Alex has built a shooting tower on this course he's got. It's fucking awesome fun, but it was sort of like a little dick dick old shooting at it 37 yards. Absolutely shitting myself that I'd miss. I did manage to lose two arrows at Alex's, which was embarrassing. It was my distance judging that let me down there. So after that, I, I, I was having Alex range it. The way the ground is, there are a lot of little dips, and with the length of, length of the grass, it's not long grass, but just long enough to hide some of these little dips. And it's so easy to get six or eight yards out on your distance judging on it. And because the Empros were a lighter GPI than advertised, I've had to go up to 150 grain points in them to get my speed down. Now, don't get me wrong, they fly beautifully. They really, really do. But the downside is with that higher FOC, when they start to drop off, they drop off a lot faster. Uh, I was talking to Rob Jones about this. And what I want to do is get a heavier GPI shaft so I can still run the 450 grains total arrow weight, but with only 100 grains up front, which is going to make a more forgiving unknown yardage arrow. 150 grains up front isn't a problem for shooting known distance, because you know what you're setting your sight at. 
when you're judging if you've got a crafty course layer you know that that can hide 10 yards really easily in fact there'll be more about crafty course lane when we talk about briar roses shoot when they start to drop off they do drop off a lot quicker with a, a lower foc they tend to come in a little flatter they don't drop off as much so it makes a more forgiving 3d arrow you know unknown distance arrow so I'm going to have to have a look for one with a higher GPI that allows me to run just 100 grain up front. You know, when I, when I want to shoot 450 grain arrows. Anyway, I had a, the most amazing day with Alex. Like I say, I got to shoot his course, let me fletch me arrows. So, you know what I say about supporting local businesses. Of course, he never asked me for a penny for it. So I bought one of his T-shirts off him. Uh, if you go onto the hybrid archery site, I think you can buy them off there. 15 quid for this gorgeous t-shirt. And I was wearing that Saturday repping hybrid archery to shooting down at Liberty. Anyway, Saturday and Sunday shoot days. Oh, they were fucking fun. Didn't shoot as well as I'd hoped for. Well, actually, when, when I look at my average arrow score... It what it wasn't too bad at all. Uh, on the Saturday, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to do touch on emphasis scoring in an episode. Do an episode on the emphasis scoring. Uh, maximum score per target is twenty four. Although on the Saturday with Robo Deer, Robo Deer is a phenomenal target. It's a steel deer, you know, with a hole cut out and a boss behind it. There's no twenty four. It's either twenty, sixteen, or miss. And it's one arrow only. They'd got an alternative 3D target, but they said that that was to be scored like Robo Deer only. 2016 or miss. That was it. So I shot at Robo Deer, hit the kill, but went in so tight because it was a it was a quarter in a quarter in two shot, quite a steep quarter in two shot. Went in so close to the edge of the metal that as Mara shaft wobbled. I said, I've got a sacrificial gold tip for Robo Deer, not, not one of my Emperors. This sacrificial gold tip. Uh, as it went in and wobbled, it snapped it off the edge of the deer. <laughs> but I killed Robo Deer, so I was a happy little motherfucker. Uh, and it was, Jesus, I'm all over the shop again, aren't I? And I say, the. It was a really, really good shoot. Uh, did myself out of four points on. In all moose, they'd got him out, and there was a bank in front of him, so you couldn't see how far he was behind the bank. Did my trick of rocking left to right, figured out my yardage, thought, right, that's the yardage I'm going to shoot him for. Put my pin on where the 24 is, and did that stupid ass thing a second guess myself, thought, what if he's a couple of yards farther? So held the pin up. Let the shot go. Shot a really nice shot on him. Hit right behind the pin. So if I'd have kept my pin where it was and just gone with my gut, I'd have 24'd him as it was. I'd 20 him, you know, at what? He was about 61 yards. Sharon from Padgett, who I was shooting with, her and her husband, Mark, in our shooting group, there was... Myself, Ollie, Mark, Sharon, and Dave was with us. 
was yeah, I think there were five of us. Yep, five of us. <laughs> I've been to sleep since Liberty and very drunk on the Saturday night. Sharon, 24 it. Bear in mind, Sharon hadn't shot her stinger for, what, six months? And it was only a second ever open shoot. And we were all absolutely over the moon that she 24-de-enormous. So it was such an amazing shot she made. Anyway, I, on the Saturday, I came in with a score of 798. I managed to hit four 16s, which is, if you shoot ASA and IBO, they'd be fives. The rest of them were 20s and 24s. 20s in ASA and IBO would be an eight, and 24s would be a 10. So I, I wasn't, I was a little bit disappointed, but one arrow only on all the targets. So I, I, I was quite pleased with that. Uh, Sunday did better. I've traditionally shot, always shot better on a Sunday at Liberty. Came in with 8.12. So over the two days, I came in with a score of 16.10. Uh, let me grab my calculator. So 16.10 divided by 72, because it was 36 targets each day. I'd got an average arrow score of 22.36, which... I shouldn't be too ashamed of that. You know, I mean, it, it placed me in seventh place in the Compound Unlimited class, which I was I was a smidge disappointed with, but over 22 points per arrow, I can't really moan when I can, you consider how few competitions I shoot. I mean, the, the heat on the, sat, the Saturday and Sunday, Paul from Paget had got a, a thermometer and recorded... 38 degrees in the shade on both days. It was hot. And it was sticky as well. And I've massive respect to Sharon from Paget. She's got a lot of health issues. And she was, there's a part of the course we call the hot spot. It's up behind the admin area along the flight path into Lake and Heath. And the sun beats down on there all day. It was so hot with the first arrow and said, right, I'm not shooting this one again. She was really struggling, but fuck me, quitting and in that woman's DNA. She carried on and battled to shoot. And, you know, it it punished her and she worked so hard and everybody was so proud of her that, you know, despite all the health issues... She wouldn't fucking quit, and she didn't. She just kept on going through it. So, Sharon, massive, massive respect to you for that. Uh, Sunday, right now, Saturday night. Saturday night is a Liberty Party night, and oh, did it get messy. It got really messy. It's one of the few places I will get drunk I have a real thing about not being in control. And, you know, it's like when when, when, when you get lathered, you, you're not in control. But being down there, being with the Paget family, and Paget really is a fucking family. It was proved on the Saturday night with folks. It was their first time down there. 
everybody pulled together and looked after each other. And I got absolutely wankered. Uh, I think, I mean, come Sunday morning, I've got no voice. I think my phrase, favourite phrases that I was shouting repeatedly very loudly on the Saturday night at the party while necking shots was either Paget motherfuckers or Liberty motherfuckers. Uh, there's a video of me and Johnny Bucket doing doing second shot of the night on there. Uh, yes, I was up on the table dancing. There is video evidence. There is video evidence of John falling backwards off the table. <laughs> it was just an awesome, awesome night. Everybody got to let go and everybody looked after everybody. It was, like I say, an absolutely phenomenal night. Mark had to withdraw, couldn't shoot on the Sunday. Mark being Mark decided he was going for a wrestling match with Dan. So they're wrestling away. And all of us, I mean, Dan's a fit, strong young lad. Mark's in his 50s. They're wrestling away. And all of a sudden, you see Dan recoil back and say, Oh my God, I've just heard his shoulder go. And Mark couldn't lift his shot. You wouldn't be laughing, but fuck me, was it funny? <laughs> Moral of the story, Mark, when you've been on the lash, don't try and wrestle somebody 30 years younger than you and a foot taller than you. <laughs> so, of course, Mark, Mark couldn't shoot on the Sunday, and it had, the course had... Knock the, knock the snot out of Sharon on the Saturday. They decided not to shoot. So I was shooting with Dave and Ollie. Uh, at some point, we we were catching up with the other group from Paget as well, and we'd become one big group. Then we'd go off in front, and, you know, it was a really, really enjoyable day. We were really lucky as we got to the hot spot on the course. A little bit of cloud covered the sun, and there was a little bit of breeze, so it didn't punish us too badly there. Uh, like I say, it was just the most amazing, amazing weekend. Uh, I didn't get drunk again on the Sunday night course of driving on the Saturday, but sorry, on the Monday, driving on Monday morning to come home. But Saturday night, what was I drinking? I'd got bottles of Copperberg. Uh, I think there was strawberry and lime, uh, mixed fruit and pear. I went went through seven or eight bottles of that and then God knows how many shots of wild turkey. A good few shots of, I think it was David bought some Lamb's Navy Spiced Rum. That stuff is fucking awesome. It is so smooth and so easy to drink. It goes down far too easily. So, yeah, like I say, Saturday night. And that was the only thing missing come Sunday night. The weekend didn't feel complete without a trip. Stroke pub, it's just standard reheated pub food that you're getting hungry. Yeah, Liberty, what I was say. Dave Robinson shooting longbow for the first time. Massive congratulations, Dave. He won the longbow class. Uh, Chad came just 10 points off taking third in trad bow hunter. 
who uh, else? Jesus, you know what? I really should have looked through the results at this. Of course, Paget did really well down there. Like I say I ended up in seventh place. Uh, but looking at the standard of shooters in front of me, there are a lot of the EFA shooters there, and this is one of the reasons I'm now shooting EFA as well. In fact, I think I'm slowly losing my heart to EFA. Uh, but the standard of shooting there was absolutely exceptional. It really was. And I've I've got to say a massive thank you to Randy, Crystal, Adam, Jono, and all the other guys at Liberty who made it such an amazing weekend. Thank you, guys. Everybody at Paget had an amazing time, and we will be back next year to wreak havoc again. Anyway, uh, the weekend after Liberty, there was a bow hunters meet planned, and because I'd been away from the Thursday to the Monday at Liberty, Saturday and Sunday just gone. Saturday I was at Paget. Sunday I was at Briar Rose, helping out at the open shoot there. I didn't want to do another full weekend away because I've got so many jobs to catch up on at home that I just went on for the Saturday to the to the bow hunters got and it was so good to catch up with everybody again with Tony, Rich, Kelvin, Alex was there again, Rory, Rory made it up. Sad that Jackson and Jake couldn't make it, but they they both got prior commitments. And I actually got to meet Steve Williams for the first time, and what a cool bloke he is. But we'd held it on some land that Tony owns, and there were some, there were a few 3Ds there they went and took out, put out just at ranges. And of course, practicing for bow hunting, you always range it anyway. And there were a couple of, I'm sure Alec called them box, but they looked like big goats, just slightly chunky goats. And they'd, we got, they'd put out two under trees and we walked back a bit, ranged them. Uh, one was 76 yards, the other was 84 yards, and I'm thinking, fuck it, I've got to try it. Because I'm, I'm shooting the Empress, like I say, these big fat 23 arrows with 150 grain target points in. Uh, shot at the 74-yard one, hit it. Shot at sorry, the 76-yard one and hit it. Shot at the 84-yard one, had a wobbler or released. Height was good, went just in front of his chest. So put two more down at him and hit him with both. So I was absolutely chuffed to buggery with that. I think I hit about four inches lower where I aimed... Uh, so I say 84 yards, but I'm not a good enough shooter to know maybe I'm a yard or two out on the sight tape or, you know, was it me just not aiming right? I say I'm nowhere near a good enough shooter to know that if four inches at 84 yards is me or the sight tape. But it was so good to catch up with everybody. And Rich was cooking the baking sarnies. So I'd stopped on the way down uh, to Strencham to grab Mackie's for breakfast. See, it's only if, if I go on a road trip, I'll have a Mackie's breakfast. That's the only time I'll eat Mackie's. Uh, like I said, I'd stopped. And I've got no patience for queues anyway. Hate, fucking hate queues. I really do. But I'd been waiting about, what, 20 minutes 
to use those fucking awful electronic boards you have to order on. Because the place was stretching, was absolutely freaking heaving at 8 o'clock in the morning. So I was just coming up to order, and this guy came through the crowd shouting, folks, it's a 30 to 35-minute wait to get your food. And I thought, fuck me, this is supposed to be bastard fast food. This is, you know, 20 minutes before you get to order, and then another 30 to 35 minutes before you can get your food. So I just fucked off out of there, drove down there. I know, I, I grabbed a chicken chicken sandwich from, I think it was WH Smith. I felt fucking violated and nearly £5 for a chicken sandwich. It didn't even taste that good. So got down there and Rich was cooking bacon sarnies and he did me a bake, bacon butty. Rich, you're an absolute superstar. And I got to try a couple of his homemade sausages. They were Freaking awesome as well. So, Rich, thank you very much for that. Oh, excuse me, little cough there. Anyway, uh, hang on, folks. I've got to have a slurp in my coffee. I'm going to try not to hit the mic arm and try not to make too much noise drinking. Here we go. Hopefully the mic didn't pick that up. Of course, I hate the sound of folks eating and drinking down a microphone. Anyway, uh, weekend just gone. Back at pageant shooting as usual. Just really, really enjoy it. It is, like I say, Liberty just reinforced just what a family pageant is, how everybody looks out for everybody. But Sunday just gone was one of the other clubs I'm a member of, Briar Rose. It was their open shoot, so I went down to marshal the, help marshal the shoot. I think we had... 80, 80 shooters there. You know, considering the way things are going at the moment, uh, there have been a few conversations about this with the cost of living going up, and particularly the cost of fuel as it is. People are doing a lot less shooting. You're getting much smaller turnouts at shoots. So 80 at the shoot, really pleased with. Uh Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm losing, losing the plot again. Anyway, all, all, all I took was obviously I got me, got my whistle, from my phone. I got my backpack because it was forecast to be quite warm again, even though it was dead forecast. You had a little bit of rain, and boy, was it fucking humid. It was like being in a steam room. It really was. So I got my backpack on with my bladder with two litres. I'd put two litres of water in it and just a splash of orange cordial just to take the edge off. Uh, just And Robert asked me if I'd look after the chrono purely because they decided to chrono all compounds and crossbows. There'd been a, a bit of a debate, got to be two, three years back on the NFAST page, about people shooting over speed. Now, with NFAST, the speed limit is 300 feet per second, but there's a 3% tolerance built in for a lot of variation between chronos. So up to 309 on the chrono of the day, you're good to go. So we put all the compounds and crossbows through it, but it was amazing the number of folks shooting trad bows that wanted to go through the chrono just to see what they were doing. And I had an absolute blast on the chrono watching what speed folks were getting. 
I think the, the highest speed on the day was Rich Edwards, who went through at 301, 302, and 306, which is still perfectly legal for NFAS. But as I say, the, the, the number of folks that were shooting trad that wanted to go on a chrono, some who'd never shot, shot over a chrono before, and it went down really, really well. Folks enjoyed it. The shoot was a success. Uh, it must have it. It was a challenging course. It was there was nothing stretched, nothing hard. I think the longest shot of the day was fifty-one yards. There were a couple, possibly high forties. One, I think it was fifty-one. And the rest ranged from three yards to about 37. You know, nothing stretched, but just really, really devious course laying. And target 18, I think it became a bit of a narrow graveyard. It's one that Phil and myself laid last year. It was up an incline. There's a little flat bit on top, and the target was set just be, just back, a few yards back, from the peak of this slope. Anyway, Phil and myself laid it last year on the lasting on the Saturday night. And as we were looking at it, realised that from the one peg you could see how far back from the peak of the rise the target was. And I remember one of Rob's tricks about using terrain and things to hide to create lost ground. And there were some silver birch logs there. So Phil and myself dropped these silver birch logs. It only went two or three high, just on, on the top of this rise. So you couldn't see how far back this target was. And when Rob had ranged it, it was 37 yards. That's it. And there was a bison paper face on there. You know, that that's not a little paper face. But because you've got this slope up, and then we put those logs there to stop you seeing how far back it was from the crest of the rise the number of folks that shot over it i think folks were shooting it between anywhere between 45 and 50 yards in the end part way through the day uh they actually went and hung some nets two or three nets up behind it to slow the arrows and catch the arrows because so many folks were shooting over it I mean, when, when we looked at the scores at the end of the day, most folks said they expected to score about 100 points more. They all thought they'd scored low. But for their classes, the difference in scores between the classes was about what you'd expect. So it was just a really, really well laid, very challenging course with nothing stretched. Like I said, the, the longest target, I think it was about 50, 51 yards, and that was a polar bear target. Admittedly, not the fattest polar bear, but just really, really, really clever course laying by Phil and Steve. Gents, you did yourself proud. Uh, bloody hell, look at this. I've been going for over 50 minutes. Uh, I... Right, next episode, and like I say, I know it's been a hot minute since I've recorded an episode, but I just haven't felt like I've got a lot to say. I'm getting refocused. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts by Ed Milet. His guests are amazing. 
his guests are so good at getting getting you, your mind focused to where it wants to be. And I'm actually going to do talk about in upcoming episodes some of the things I've learned from there and try and get myself back on track. Uh, I appear to have lost a little more weight, but that's more to do with diet than anything else. The exercise is fucking atrocious, to say the least. Uh, what I'm hoping to do next episode is take the recording gear down to Paget and do a round table down there. I've spoken to a few folks who are up to it. Just hope I'm awake enough Saturday morning to remember to put the recording gear in the car. Anyway, uh, this episode I'm going to bring to a close with a quote from Tim Connor. Uh, any of you who watch the Elk, Elk Shape YouTube channel will know Tim works with Dan Statton and Jake Webb. Tim does a lot of Dan's videography, but he's also a very, very keen bow hunter. He's worked a lot with MFJJ to improve his shooting. And I was watching a video Tim filmed before they went to tack. And at the end of it, he finishes with this little monologue. And he, I'd, I'd really like this monologue. Now, the Elk Shape channel is a big old channel. It's a very successful YouTube channel. And I thought, right, I'm going to message Tim on Instagram and ask him if I can use this. Honestly, not expecting to hear back from him because, you know, they're busy guys. He runs a full-time job. They they work almost full-time on the YouTube channel, you know, as well. They're, they're busy, busy guys with a lot going on. But within about 20 minutes of me messaging him, Tim actually replied and said, yes, my friend, use it. So, did I say this, this just resonated with me? And he was on about how he jokes with the guys, and he said... I joke with the guys how I live my life one hour at a time, but that is totally the state of mind I'm trying to be in. I want to be 100% present and focused on the task at hand when I shoot an arrow. That itself is what I appreciate the most about archery. It's simple, but it requires everything. It requires all of your attention. You'll never win. You'll never master it, and you don't just up and win one day. For a regular guy like me, perfection is something I will never attain, and I appreciate that. That pretty much sums it up for me. And like I say, I can't say thank you enough to Tim Connor for allowing me to use that quote of his. What I'll do in the show notes is I am going to link Tim's Instagram account I will also put a link to the video that that quote is taken from. Tim is an incredible cinematographer. He shoots the most gorgeous, gorgeous videos. And he's, an, he's a hell of a bow hunter as well. So on that, folks, I mean, there's, there's a line in there about being present and this thing about being present I'm going to touch on in another episode because present in the moment and in the shot even if it's nothing to do with our chief present in moment in life, in work, it's coming up more and more from some of the most successful people around. So I shall come, I shall look at that more in a, in a future episode. Anyway, guys, I've got to say a massive thank you for listening. Uh, you know where to find me. 
archerygeekoutdoors at gmail.com. Instagram, archery.geek.outdoors. And on Twitter, at A underscore G underscore outdoors. Once again, folks, thanks for joining me. Until we meet again, guys, remember, stay safe, shoot straight. Good night.